Hello. Hello and welcome to the TCPA Defense Force podcast, where we will help you conquer the TCPA and contact consumers without fear. Brought to you by InnoVista Law. This is the first episode of our podcast series where we will be discussing the Telephone Consumer Protection Act, better known as the TCPA, as well as informing on related updates and news on actions by the FCC and players of the industry, conclusions derived from resolutions by the courts, and interviewing experts in order to keep our listeners informed of the TCPA issues and developments. Today, since it is our first episode, we will give an introductory summary of the TCPA and discuss the most relevant issues and obstacles every telemarketer and, in fact, every company that contacts its customers should keep in mind to avoid risk of litigation and stay in compliance with the TCPA. Later, David Carter, one of the founders of the TCPA Defense Force, will be joining us to discuss the various ways the Defense Force works for companies. For now, let's talk about the TCPA, the Telephone Consumer Protection Act, which was passed by Congress in 1991 in an effort to balance a consumer's right to privacy with companies seeking to engage their customers in an effective venue. Under the law, consumers have strong protections against telemarketing calls to landline phones, such as the Do Not Call Registry, and broad protections against robocalls to mobile phones. The TCPA authorizes the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, to establish rules against telemarketing and other unwanted robocalls that that can be considered intrusive and at times harmful. However, the FCC has taken a strong pro-consumer reading of the TCPA, imposing numerous regulations and heavy burdens on companies to be able to comply. While companies struggle to comply, Robocalls and telemarketing calls are currently the number one source of consumer complaints at the FCC and the second most filed type of case in federal courts. The TCPA provisions that most commonly result in litigation or enforcement actions by the FCC are the prohibitions against unsolicited robocalls to cellular phone numbers, unsolicited commercial robocalls to residential telephone lines, telemarketing calls to residential numbers listed in the Do Not Call Registry, and junk faxes. Companies trying to comply with the TCPA are at great risk if they fail, since the law provides a private right of action for consumers getting contacted, where an individual might seek $500 in statutory damages for each violation, or even $1,500 for each willful violation. That is, $1,500 every time the consumer is contacted in violation of the TCPA when the company knows or should have known to not perform that call. Adding that amount per violation in class actions results in litigation for astronomical figures. In 2014, a record settlement was agreed for $75.5 million. While having the best of intentions, the law and the FCC do not provide adequate guidance to companies, and as such, many companies have struggled to apply the new law to their customer outreach efforts, resulting in unwanted litigation. Experts agree that the language of the law needed clarification, and the FCC acted. These actions, continuing to err on the side of consumer protection, have not necessarily been illuminating for businesses or companies. In response to a request for clarification, in 2013, the FCC changed the express consent requirement of the TCPA for telemarketing calls, including text messages, made to cellular phones to require express written consent. Also, the FCC eliminated the so-called established business relationship exemption, which had previously waived the requirement for consumers, excuse me, for consent for customers with a previous business relationship with the company, such as a person that had a history of purchases at one particular business. 
The FCC continued on this position, and in a controversial 2015 declaratory ruling and order, the FCC addressed nearly two dozen pending petitions relating to the agency's interpretation of key TCPA provisions. It became known as the Omnibus Order. First, the FCC defined that an auto dialer used for robocalls, or as the law calls them, an automated telephone dialing system, an ATDS, can be any technology with the capacity to store, produce, and dial random or sequential numbers. In this statement, the FCC did not attempt to narrow its definition of ATDS, but instead just reiterated the parameters that it had previously established. With the words, the capacity to, the FCC effectively roped in not only technology that was currently being used to store, produce, and dial numbers at random, but in fact, any technology that might be able to at any given point. According to the FCC, this ensures new technology is not used to work around the law's consumer protections. But in reality, it gives no guidance to companies on which equipment is actually an ATDS and which is not preventing them from clarity on what technology they are authorized to use and therefore whether or not they are in compliance. One could argue that a lot of or most technology has the capacity to do other things, even though they are not actually being used for that purpose currently. So effectively, the burden of discovery is on the business, including the potential for failure. The FCC effectively forces companies to identify and then exclusively use technology that does not have the capacity to store numbers or call at random. So the question becomes, what technology does not have the potential to store and call numbers ever? The answer to this question is likely to be discovered as current and pending litigations unfold. Second, the FCC determined that a consumer can revoke consent to receive robocalls and texts that was previously properly granted, and this can be done at any time in any reasonable manner. But what does in a reasonable manner consist of? Could I revoke my written consent given in a contract by just telling the person on the phone to stop calling? That person might not even be an employee of the company they're advertising. What if I go into a local store and tell the cashier that I want to opt out of their mailing advertisements that I had previously agreed to receive by email? Do these constitute a reasonable manner? The FCC doesn't specify. This reasonable standard creates further uncertainty on companies while also increasing the risk of costly litigation. Finally, in the omnibus order, the FCC determined that for recycled telephone numbers, that is telephone numbers that are retired by one user and later assigned to a new, different user, consent by the prior owner of the number does not constitute consent for the new number owner. While perhaps obvious to the layman, this too creates an additional burden for the company, who realistically has no knowledge of when a phone number is recycled. A company who has been conservative in an attempt to encourage compliance might be only dialing numbers that they had received consent or request for in the past. They might have a recycled number on the list and therefore would be making an unauthorized call. Contrasting the previously mentioned provisions, the FCC did create a protective element, albeit measly. A one-call safe harbor is allowed where one call is permitted after reassignment. Companies have one call to deduce that the owner has changed and whether or not the new owner would like to continue to receive the calls. This one-call, all-or-nothing, so-called safe harbor is less than ideal in practice. What if the called individual hangs up almost immediately? What if the call goes to voicemail? The FCC does not clarify what defines one call, but what's clear is that a second call is a breach of the TCPA. 
With these three provisions, made with the intention of clearing up confusion, they have in fact created more questions for businesses who know the benefit of reaching out to customers who want to be contacted. As such, these provisions are currently left to be tested in practice and will be resolved via current and future litigation, hopefully giving more guidance to companies and telemarketers. Naturally, many companies cannot afford to risk it, and this is where the TCPA Defense Force comes in. And now we have in the studio with us our special guest, David Carter, co-founder of InnoVista Law, a boutique telecommunications law firm with offices in Washington, D.C. and Richmond, Virginia. David and his colleagues created and lead the TCPA Defense Force, which we will discuss with him shortly. David began his career in telecommunications litigation as a member of one of the nation's leading telecommunications law practices in Washington, D.C. He counsels his clients on strategies for remaining compliant with the TCPA and reducing the risk of litigation. Though much of David's work is fo focused on helping clients avoid the courtroom, his experience is uniquely helpful when it comes to defending class action cases filed pursuant to the TCPA. Hello, David. Hi, Aaron. It's nice to be here. So let's start with the basics. Tell us a little bit about the TCPA Defense Force and why you created it. Sure. We've watched over the course of many years as the amount of litigation under the TCPA has increased, and that has caused uh, many companies who could probably benefit of using technology to reach their uh, clients and consumers to really be scared of using that the latest technology to reach those individuals. So sure. we wanted to find a way to help uh, balance that risk and to counsel clients both on uh, ways in which they can remain compliant and then strategies for helping to reduce risk, um, as well as in the unfortunate situation in which a company does find themselves in litigation, then of course we uh, have a lot of experience in the courtroom and working with the FCC to help address those issues as well. Sure. Okay. And you mentioned the risks that corporations might face with these issues. So what kind of risks are corporations assuming by contacting customers without proper legal guidance? Sure. So I think that there's a couple different aspects here. The, the first is, is needing to get the appropriate level of consent from consumers uh, before companies reach out using automated uh, dialing systems, uh, whether that be text messages or phone calls. And so the risk comes if they implement that technology without getting the appropriate consent from consumers. And then, of course, there's also risk if they don't have an appropriate opt-out procedure in place so that once a consumer gives consent initially, but maybe they change their mind mm -hmm. a year or two years down the road and they don't want to continue receiving messages, then there needs to be a clear way for consumers to stop receiving messages. So both of those are areas of risk that could lead to potential liability for companies under the TCPA. And that, that liability is significant when we're talking about the TCPA. Um, each message, again, whether it's an improper uh, phone call or text message uh, to a consumer could have a penalty of $500 per message. And then if even more uh, concerning for a lot of the clients, if there's any indication that uh, the companies uh, willfully disregarded the law or not taken appropriate mm -hmm. measures, then there's the potential for triple damages, so up to $1,500 per message. Sure, with that like intent. Yes. Uh -huh. and, and so the, the, uh, some of the claims that you see filed under the TCPA have, uh, have potential exposure of hundreds of millions of dollars. And even some of the settlements that have been entered into uh, prior to a case going all the way to trial have exceeded $75 million in damages. So, so we're talking, yeah, we're absolutely, we're talking about something that uh, you know, has a significant potential impact uh, for companies that are not paying attention to the latest rules and regulations. 
Okay, sure. And so what specific services does the TCPA Defense Force provide to help companies seeking to navigate this new TCPA regulations? Yeah, so we, under the TCPA Defense Force, we have three primary lines of service. Uh, first, we have our counseling service. The counseling service helps clients uh, understand the regulations, make sure that they have appropriate uh, compliance procedures in place, that they keep track of. Uh, the compliance they receive, uh, the consent they receive from the consumers, and that they've also uh, done what's necessary in terms of uh, providing for opt-out requirements down the line. Uh, so we help counsel companies to avoid risk mm -hmm. in the first place. The second issue uh, area that we provide services under the TCPA Defense Force is really around training. In the summer of uh, 2015, the FCC updated some of the regulations and required that companies that utilize these automated services to reach consumers honor opt-out requests made by the consumer in any reasonable way. And unfortunately, the TCPA didn't put clear parameters on what right. reasonable meant in mm -hmm. that way. So one of the ways that we've uh, helped our clients to reduce risk is by really implementing a training program at, uh, geared towards those frontline employees, the people that interact with consumers on mm -hmm. a daily basis, keeping them up to speed on uh, uh, the importance of making sure the customer is happy and that the the opt-outs are taken right, care and of. Right, offering exactly. That opt -out. And, and so we've developed really, a, I think, a pretty state-of-the-art training program. It's a animated training video, really uh, designed to help take a very complex subject mm -hmm. and break it down for all of those people that might be again directly engaging with the consumers on the front line. Certainly. And then, uh, of course, our third service is, is the litigation uh, service areas, and so. Uh, in terms of the litigation, often these cases are filed as class action cases. Mm -hmm. They may be anywhere in the country, uh, in, uh, typically in the federal court system, anywhere in the country. And so we've handled cases really all over from California to Virginia and, um, and can help clients that maybe didn't get to us early enough mm -hmm. to go through the counseling and, and those services, but find themselves in litigation and, and need uh, competent counsel there. Sure. So it sounds like the TCPA Defense Force is kind of twofold here in helping beforehand with the counseling and the compliance training. And then if there ever was in the event of litigation, you guys can step in as well and help guide the, the company through that experience. That's right. And we've worked with a number of uh, experts in this space in terms of testifying experts and our lawyers have really been uh, some of the most active litigators in the, in the federal court system and so we're pretty familiar with the processes and procedures there Great. and in particular the the defense of a class action uh, is an area of law that's a, a little more complex and complicated than maybe uh, the, the average attorney would sure or an in-house attorney for right absolutely sure okay so with the new administration coming in, do you think that the FCC will continue on its strong consumer protection throughout the following years? Well, Aaron, I definitely think that we're going to see some changes at the FCC. That, that, there's no doubt about that. But what I don't believe is that there's going to be fundamental changes about the need for companies to focus heavily on their compliance mm -hmm. uh, with regard to the TCPA. When we hear from FCC staff and from congressional staff members, there is a continued concern among consumers 
about the number of unauthorized calls that they receive that sure. interrupt them at dinner time Absolutely. and call them on their mobile phone when they're trying to have a meeting. Mm -hmm. And those are the most frequent types of complaints that the FCC hears. So I don't believe that even with a change of administration, we're likely to get a significant change in the TCPA uh, requirements. And so I think consumers um, will likely continue to put, make this a hot button issue. And then as a result, companies will have to continue to be concerned about uh, compliance with the rules and regulations and, of course, the, uh, the potential uh, penalties or fines that come along with it. Sure, and if history is any indication with 2013 and 2015 with these updates and clarifications for the regulations, perhaps we could maybe look for some more, especially when we're talking about that word reasonable and, and talking about automated devices and stuff like that, which would... Go straight to you guys. Yeah, so I, I do think we'll see some of that, some more of that. I think that what we, we, we started to see over the last couple of years is a trend towards the FCC trying to provide additional clarity or guidance. Mm -hmm. And I think we'll likely continue to get case-by-case -case specific guidance right. from the FCC. And we've also seen a trend in which certain, uh, which you might consider high-priority messages, so uh, messages from healthcare providers, mm -hmm. electric utilities, yes, things. Sure. The, the schools needing to let mm -hmm. parents know, they can get some special exceptions or special carve-outs. Sure. Uh, so we might continue to see those types of trends where high-priority messages get treated slightly differently. Right. But I think the majority of companies that reach consumers through text messaging or, or automated calls uh, will continue to have to be worried about the TCPA and its potential exposure. Sure, and I suppose it's not going to get any less convoluted, which kind of lends itself <laughs> more to the TCPA Defense Force being uh, the, the experts in the field. Yeah, I, I think if anything, as we see more of these special exceptions and carve-outs, right. it becomes more convoluted because because even those special exceptions have exceptions. their exceptions within yeah. the exceptions, exactly. right? And so then open up more things that need to be clarified, especially yeah. for companies who have a million different things going on. That's right. And so as each, as each company thinks about creating the text messaging campaign that they're going to use for a particular issue, each of those campaigns really may raise some unique or novel issues that. Uh, that they should be seeking guidance on and just to try to make sure that they've done everything they can to ensure full compliance with the current rules and regulations, which, as you mentioned, uh, do change from time to time. Right, and at the end of the day, it is a useful marketing tool for companies, and so it's in their best interest to figure out the correct way to do it, the legal way to do it. That's right. Yeah, I mean, we wouldn't... Uh, there wouldn't be any litigation if it wasn't uh, if it wasn't for the fact that co mm -hmm. companies really see the benefits certainly of reaching consumers through these automated services. And consumers right? appreciate it when they are looking for it. Exactly. You know? So as, so as long as we can keep the good guys uh, able to send the messages and reach consumers and use it in that way, and we keep consumers happy, we can mitigate the risks and, and continue to help the companies achieve their, their goal, which is, of course, to... Uh, be in to, compliance. To be in compliance and make money. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> certainly. Well, there's there any other thoughts that you'd like to share with us today? Uh, no, I think that's good. I, uh, you know, happy to uh, answer any other questions, but it, they can find out more information about the TCPA Defense Force on our website. That's uh, tcpadefenseforce.com, and uh, we're always available if people have questions uh, for us as well. Fantastic. Well, thank you, David. Again, that was the tcpadefenseforce.com for further information, and that was David Carter with InnoVista Law and the TCPA Defense Force. Thanks so much, David. Thanks. 
That's it for today's podcast. Thank you for listening. Tune in for our next TCPA Defense Force podcast and visit our website for more information on how to conquer the TCPA and contact consumers without fear. Brought to you by InnoVista Law. Thank you.